And you're there every day. I thought you wrote a very measured column. I don't know when it came out. It was super early uh, in the morning or it published this morning, uh, like normal people morning, not 8.30, game gets over at 10.30. You start writing at 1 o'clock, and that's how that, – what, yeah. what time did that go up? I, I, I assume first thing in the morning. Okay, great. I thought it was very measured because you just laid out a little bit of what I laid out. Uh, th- this isn't new. We haven't learned any new maladies. We, we, we haven't added anything uh, to this player-wise or, or, or problem-wise. It's just been this since, since the calendar turned over to 2024. And you've seen flashes that look good. And we've seen opportunities taken or not taken. We've talked about the bigs, the littles, everything in between and all places in, in, in part of it. But here we are, Indiana 6-9 and nine and 14-12. and 12. And, and stuck in neutral, I think, is probably the best way to the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's probably fair. I think I, I think it's just a team that that is losing a. It is a team with a very fragile sort of confidence, and and it's very easy for it to lose that. It's very hard for it to to sustain it. It's very hard for it to play through basically not having the small number of things that I think bring it confidence, and a lot of that stuff is. Pretty common for a team that's young, for a team that's got some limitations, for a team that's, you know, un- ultimately, unfortunately, has seen itself fail too many times. Here we go again. And, yeah, you just – you kind of – you get stuck in a um, – you get stuck in a, a, a cycle that can be very hard for a team to break when they are lacking the things Indiana's lacking, both tangible and intangible. And some of that tangibility – some of that tangibility goes to – the simple fact that a basketball team to win a basketball game needs to put the ball in the basket. And if you can do that or stop your – you have to have a little bit of balance of both. But the biggest, the biggest issue is – and it jumped off the page again to me. In the Northwestern game, Langborn comes from where? Princeton. In the hotbed of basketball, right? Or, or, or however you say his last name. You shut down Bowie. He kills you. It just – it never stops. It never finds a way. And last night you saw it from the Lawrence kid. He comes off the bench. When was the last time Indiana had a guy come off the bench and just had one of those career games? You rarely, if ever, see it. You depend on what you've depended on, and that dependence has led to a 14-12 and 12 record. It's tough. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's there's no um, – I mean, you, you know, you talk about like the – I guess these – you mentioned the – the career moments there have been some pockets of them like cj gunn at michigan gabe cups had some good games off the bench early in the season obviously lately he's had to be the starting lineup we saw anthony leal um but none of it's been sustained and that has kind of been you know i'm not trying to single out any one player that has kind of been a persistent theme through the last however many months really that whatever Indiana has been able to do anytime Indiana has been able to, you know, put some, lay some building blocks down, lay a foundation down. You, you see them win some close games or you see them finally kind of, you know, get loose from behind the three point line, or you see them have a couple good games in a row at the free throw line, or obviously maybe more recently a, a game like uh, an Iowa where they lose that big lead and they still come back and they, you know, they kind of stick together and they win the game or an Ohio State where they're down 18 points and they pull it all together and so forth. Um, there have been these moments when you thought maybe this team 
was trying to was was beginning to sort of whether it is bench production or it is three-point shooting or it is getting better defensively or whatever there have been these pockets these moments when you thought Indiana might be sort of figuring something out um but they've never been sustained and that and you know consistency is the thing that has eluded this team and once you get to a certain point in the season and you can't find it you, you start to believe you never will, and those then it, pockets shrink, and and then you just it it becomes the free throws are a good example. It becomes sort of self perpetuating, you know. You struggle with it, you worry too much about it, you overthink it. That only makes you struggle with it more, and that's I think kind of where Indiana is. Well, and the other uh, the other issues, uh, other issue. There's a million issues, and that and that's the problem. Mike Woodson came out on Tuesday when he had uh, had media, and we talked about this the, having to win the six the last six games. So I don't know if that pressure was put on the team in the locker room as well. He said, hey, we have to win these games. We, we haven't tried this. Maybe we'll try the angle of no one believes in us, you know, backs against the wall, all those other great, all those other great statements. But the one thing that, I, that jumped off the page to me and almost fell out of my chair when I was listening to it was Mike Woodson went all the way back to the Kansas game to find the last time that they played pretty well. Yeah, that was two months ago. I mean, for for like a really sustained stretch, anyway. I mean, like there have been, you know, they had I'm a good, good first half in the last five minutes against Iowa. They obviously had the last eighteen minutes or so against Ohio State. But yeah, but they lost the game, and it's two two months later. And if that's the highlight of the season, well, Indiana's going. That's that's why we are where where they are when they are. The well, I think the other thing that kind of jumps off the page here this late fourteen and twelve six and nine, I think you even saw a little bit of this last night. Is is the absence of direction attacking offensively was was hard to watch at times last night. Indiana would get a block from Ware or get a rebound from from Renew, and then they would run out and they would get across half court. And if it was two on two, three on three, even three on two, sometimes everybody ran to their spots and waited. And here comes Trey. Then we'll get the ball to Trey. And you're not going to beat anybody that way. McKenzie, McKenzie Mbako is a freshman. He runs to the corner. Gabe Cuffs runs to this wing. Um, here comes the big guy to set the screen. It's ev- it, there feels like nothing is happening offensively. They can't even get transitioning it going. And then the, the stats will say, well, you can't read glass. It says right here, fast break points. Uh, let me see that. 12 to 4. Oh, that's Nebraska's 12. Right. You don't get easy baskets. You don't turn teams over. You don't make threes. You don't make free throws. <laughs> but it's, it's week in and week out, and that's the tough part. Mackenzie and Baco's had a career high in the last two games. Does anybody even know that? Yeah. No, it I doesn't mean, matter? Yeah. It I mean, doesn't was, because you lose. I think he was the leading scorer in the, um, was the game, leading scorer in the game last night, wasn't he? 22? Yeah. Indiana had three players with 15 points or more, and Nebraska had four. And one Nebraska kid came off the bench, had 19 points, made all five threes, had six rebounds and five assists. That team has not won a game on the road in the Big Ten this year. They shot 49%. They only they went to the free throw line 14 times. But they were plus 30 points from the three-point line. What was that number in Nebraska? It wasn't bad. But Nebraska scored 86 points there to beat Indiana. When you can't defend, you can't shoot, you can't score. Where is the next hope for this team? The hope last night, I think. Mike, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it's, he said, the, "I got to get them ready for the Big Ten tournament." I mean, it's 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 hard to find. I'm not. I, I don't think you can sugarcoat it. It's it's difficult to to sort of identify where that is. I think um, 
I mean, I, I, I would make the argument that actually Indiana's, you know, Indiana's the, the thing really undercutting Indiana at this point is, is shooting because, you know, listen, it's, it's a every, I know every coach in every sport will tell you it has to start on defense, but every athlete in every sport will tell you that confidence comes from seeing the ball go in the basket or getting first downs or, you know, getting hits or whatever. And particularly with a young team, you need that confidence. You need that you need that feel good of we're on the front foot, we're in control, they're having to fight to stop us. You know, one of the things that Woodson I thought did a commendable job of in his first season, it got to a point with that team his first year where it felt like that that group really understood, you know, if we're going to do anything, achieve anything we want to we are going to have to absolutely defend for our lives and defend our way to any result because we just can't score the ball well. But that was a more experienced team. That was a team that had, you know, Race Thompson was in his, what, fifth year? Oh, at least. Trace Jackson Davis was in his third year. Xavier Johnson was in his fourth year. You know, even some of the supporting pieces, that, you know, were at least guys like Trey Galloway or, or Jordan Geronimo, Miller Cop, yeah. But even, even like the younger guys, the, the guys that you would say were younger – were still guys who'd played at least a season or two of college basketball for the most part. Um, you know, this team has just never found that sort of collective, you know, I guess, I mean, the word probably you'd use is toughness. I don't think that's completely unfair. Um, and I just think that, you know, ultimately it, it – I think the thing that would – I want to say fix this team, but I think that if you – if if – you can improve one thing that would improve where this team is. It would, you know, you would just, if you could suddenly make this a good three-point shooting team and a good free-throw shooting team, because okay. I think, no, and you can't. I understand yeah. that, but, okay. but, but I think that so much of this team's issues stem from the fear that it feels and reacts to when the ball stops going through the basket because it knows how much it already struggles there. And so when you get into a game last night, Nebraska's a good offensive team. You know, they're top I mean in, in Big Ten play, they're top five in the conference in effective field goal percentage. They were again uh, last night. Two point, three point free throw percentage, all of it. They they put eighty six on Purdue or eighty eight on Purdue. They they broke eighty against Wisconsin, against Ohio State. Like they're a good offensive team. You know that's that's their MO, that's their calling card. You're gonna have to score with them. And the minute that Indiana stops scoring with them, which comes pretty early, admittedly, um, that's when Indiana feels like it loses touch with all the other elements of the game, and suddenly you're, you're you're forcing things, you're rushing too much. You know, there's there's an element of like people saying, "Oh, it's all effort." They're not giving enough effort. If anything, I think sometimes they're trying too hard. You know, and, and some of the mistakes you see them make, the you know some of the errant passes, or you know some of the times when you see them come down on like a two on two fast break and just make the wrong decision. And you just think it's, it's because you're overthinking it because you're not playing instinctively. You're not playing without thinking. You're not playing loose. You're not playing free. You're playing tight. It's the same thing with the free throws. And listen, I, you know, I said this or somebody earlier today, I understand completely why it frustrates fans to not see free throws go in the basket. I'm I'm not at all criticizing fans who get frustrated with that. From a completely neutral perspective, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when 
Indiana steps to an Indiana player steps to the line. The temperature in the building goes up two and a half degrees because everybody's suddenly more nervous. He makes the first free throw. There's all these ironic cheers, and then he misses the second one. And there's a big oh again. And the, and it's just sort of one of those things where it's like, well, how do you break that cycle? That's hard with a young team. Well, that's hard. And the other part is if you spend most of your practice saying, "Oh, and here we are. I've got to shoot free throws again. Should be working on defense. Here we are shooting free throws." Again. Well, or or even just even just one of those things where. I mean, you just if you think about it too much, then you know you can you can work on it all you want in practice, and then you get into the game and you think, well, we all shot well in practice. Why is this not happening for us in the game? But then you're thinking about it again. I mean, like Kalel Ware is, at least in the time that obviously we've we've seen him at Indiana, he's not a terribly emotive dude, and you could just crushed last you night. could just see <laughs> him, and he and he played well everywhere else. Yeah. He was good well, defensively. Four in a row. He was good. You know, he was good. He scored what? He scored, I think, eighteen points, something 17 like that. Seventeen and twelve. Yeah, I mean, and he was. He had a couple blocks. He was controlling the paint defensively, all this stuff. But man, every time he went to the free throw line, you, you could just see like he was just thinking, "It's gonna go wrong. It's gonna go wrong." And then again, the atmosphere in the building when it's like, "Oh, here it goes again," you know. And it's like again, I understand where it comes from, but the problem is this stuff builds on itself. And when you talk, I wrote about this for my newsletter, which will be out tomorrow. Zach Osterman, IndyStar.com. When you have these conversations, like, people will say, well, duh, you know, we can tell they can't shoot. It's obvious, you know, we, we, you know, we know what you're talking about, I've obviously. I've been a good shooting team for about seven years now. But it's eight, really. Okay. But, like, it, <laughs> Sorry. It, yeah, well, yeah, I guess about seven. They were a good shooting team, Tom. Not a great one, but a good shooting team, Tom's, last year. Yeah. Um, but you get to a point where it's like, you almost need to, to talk about the forest in the context of the trees to, to really appreciate just how much is kind of broken right now. And, yes. and, and therefore how large the task to fix it is in the turnaround in the space of Wednesday night against Nebraska to Saturday afternoon against Penn state, as opposed to in the space of season is over have some hard conversations, get in the portal, right. flex your NIL muscle, and try to remake I think the fans, and I'm not speaking for all fans, but I think fans think this way. Everybody comes in this building and shoots the lights out, and our guys in this building can't shoot the lights out. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, those are facts. I think that, yeah, it's I think true. that's true to some extent. I, I mean, to be fair, Indiana actually has been a – Or how do they get shooters and we can't get shooters? Indiana has – That's a good question. Yeah, no, that, that's perfectly fair. I think Indiana has, I mean, at times – Obviously, last night, notwithstanding, been one of the better three-point defenses in the Big Ten. But the problem is when you never make them, you remember every single – like if 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 you make them regularly and then once every three or four games somebody else comes in and makes 12 in your building, then you just say, oh, that was annoying. That game was closer than But if you're making seven or eight, you're not but, on the other part of that. But if, if, yeah. if you can't hit them at all, if you don't take them, and they when you them take them, time. you don't make them – you're going to remember every single shooting performance that took you down. I'm not picking on Anthony Leal, but do you remember in the corner Sunday? Yeah. Missed it. Whistle. Ball bounces back to him. It's, it's off the ball. Somebody – and he just picked it up and then made it. Mm-hmm. it that's kind of like <laughs> – in the game it didn't count, but, you know, he, yeah. just, he just shot it right after and made it. And it's like, well, that's all, all we've heard from the last two coaches. We make them all in practice. We do great in practice. We make them in practice. We- and the shots are good. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, we're getting good shots. It's like, well, then the problem's not the scheme. If you're getting good shots, and I would broadly agree that Indiana's taking, you know, not every shot's a great shot, nope. but there were a number of three-point attempts last night that came, even ones where I, I, heard, you know, I heard people behind me say, oh, that was way too fast of a shot. No, no. I, there was a, they had a possession, 
I think it would have been in the second half. Galloway brings the ball down and just does like basically a little dribble handoff, like picking. I don't know how exactly to describe it. He gets the he gets the pick from Ware, and then I guess he and then Ware like takes the ball and Galloway comes running back and Ware just kind of almost pitches the ball back to him. It's an it's something NBA teams run all the time. It's an incredibly basic but incredibly functional two man game. And he takes a three and he says, "As a rush shot, it's too fast." It's like, no, that's a good shot. Here's that, where I get that's upset. the way it's built to work. I get I get frustrated when the ball gets swung, and you don't shoot it. Shoot the ball. And that's shoot. The, don't pump fake. Take four dribbles in the lane and shoot a fadeaway, or do a jump underneath the basket pass and, and turn it over. Shoot the three. Shoot it. But to your point, there's no confidence. Yeah, and the reason and you pass up you pass up those shots because you think they're I'm not I'm not making them tonight. I need to go find somebody who is. And, and you can't do that down twenty, even though they tried and did and came back into it. Uh, I thought it was interesting last night that C.J. Gunn got twenty two minutes of run. He hit two big threes in that in that realm to get Indiana back into the game. And then when you needed the third one, it didn't go in. I'm not blaming Gunn. He played twenty two minutes and made two shots. That's Indiana's bench in a nutshell. Anthony Leal played 12 minutes and made one shot. Anthony Walker didn't play. Do, do I have that right? Yeah, they only played two off the bench. Anthony Walker didn't play. A senior. So we've heard our seniors need to step up. Our guards need a rebound. We got to shoot. We've heard it all. Yeah. Caleb Banks doesn't play anymore. No. I don't so think that played, what, the last like, four games. That development has – there isn't any. Gabe Cups had a rough game last night. Got it. So they pulled him out and then gave Gunn a try. Got it. Walker's not playing. Mike got killed. Why do you sub at the 12-minute mark every game? Is that how they do it in the NBA? Last night, 39 minutes Galloway, 38 minutes Ware, 38 minutes Mbako. Yeah. He changed it's my point. He's trying everything. Mm -hmm. He cannot physically put the ball in the basket for this team. Khalil Ware last night missed five field goal attempts. It felt like 20 because they were all right three feet from the basket. Bounce, 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 out. Bounce, 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 out. <laughs> well, and like that gun corner three where it's like, you know. They, That's it, the 59-56. Yeah, and and they've just gotten Tominaga to travel, and Nebraska's lost all sense of and itself. And Hoiberg has no idea what planet he's on, by the way, at that Well, time. and he's he's because of the way he used his timeouts in the first half, he's only got one left, so like he can't he can't rally the troops. <laughs> And, again, it's good offense. It's a guy that just made a three. Like, I'm not picking on C.J. Gunn. It was a great, it was great he had, offense. He had, a timeout. he had just hit the three. He right. was the guy that had just hit the three. Two threes. To, well, I think he – No, they, I have it right they both in back-to-back? -back no, like it's not back-to-back, -back, but, but it's like, close. Yeah. The point is, like, that you 50, want – 57-46, he hits a three, 13-17. Renew gets the dunk. Renew gets a layup. Gunn hits a jumper. It, that was that was fifty seven forty six now fifty nine fifty six. It's a, it's a what is that? Ten two run, and it's a media timeout after Komanaga travels out of that timeout. They run a great action play to get him a wide open corner three, and hey. the whole building is ready to go. Yeah, they got the matches out, the kerosene. It's ready, and that that was going to give Nebraska a problem. And you yeah, and you and at that point you're praying all of Nebraska's fears. We can't win away from home in the league. Now they start questioning every shot attempt. Yeah. They know that we know that they know, but didn't go in. And then the other problem with that, you're only down three. It is not the end of the world. What happens at the other end? Yeah. The kid off their bench who got 19, five for five, 
five rebounds, six assists, sticks one, another one. And then it's a missed three, or I don't even, it doesn't even matter at that point, but it got it down to three. You looked right over the top. Oh, there it is. And then you let go, like the, like diehard. Like, what was that, guys? The Nakatomi Towers. That's what it felt like. And then you let go of the building because it went right back to 10. The closest it got after that was nine. And that drives me crazy. But I understand why it happens. Two things drive me crazy. Getting down 20 at home. Every game. Every game. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't undo that. And that's, and that's one of those where it does – you do really feel like it traces back to intangibles to a team that just this stuff snowballs too fast. Like the, there's not enough toughness, togetherness, leadership, whatever, like whatever, whatever, whatever intangible you want to put it down to, there's not enough of it in this roster for guys to just dig their heels in rather than, you know, like a boxer who just suddenly can't keep his gloves up. Do you up. know why they don't dig their heels in? Because they know. They know what we know. Yeah. They know it. They watch practice. They practice. And that's, and that's the confidence thing. Absolutely. They've not, never, nobody makes that many shots in practice where they come to the game and like, oh, my God, it just won't go in. They've never found a sense of I – don't, I don't think anyway. I think this is probably fair to say. They've never found a sense of like collective, coherent identity to say – going back to that, that, that first Woodson team – that was just able to almost silently acknowledge, like, we can't shoot. You know, offense is going to be an almighty fight, and they kind of figured out how to free some things up there late in the season when they went to more pick-and-roll actions. But, you know, they, they just they sort of said, we're not going to count on our offense ever. And some nights, <laughs> that's, that's going to get, you know, outside of Trace Jackson Davis, and, and by the end of that season, to be fair to him, he's playing really well, Xavier Johnson. You know, Indiana just sort of – just sort of looked around and said, like, we're not going to assume anything on offense. Everything we fight for, everything we gain, it's going to happen at the defensive end of the floor. And they made that their identity, and they centered on that. This team has never, I, I don't think, has ever really found anything like that, whether it's defense, whether it's shooting, whatever. This team has never found that that something that it can just sort of hang its hat on and say, when all else fails, we absolutely have this we will try to figure out more of this when we move on it's off to penn state on saturday six and nine in the conference 14 and 12 overall um yeah that, that that's what it is indiana will play at home next tuesday against wisconsin then they will be off until march 3rd sunday when they will be at maryland for is that right yes at maryland CBS men, 2 o'clock at Maryland. And then a week off again. Nope, they'll have Minnesota March 6th and then finish the season March 10th, Sunday, Michigan State uh, at, at home. That's Zach Osterman from the Indy Star, at Zach Osterman on the X-verse. IndyStar.com, support your local journalists. What we'll talk about moving forward is um, what, what, what is there left to play for? Is this an NIT type thing where it will help this team. Can they win five in a row? And your colleague, Greg Doyle, read him, love him, hate him. He brought up a scenario where Indiana doesn't win another game the rest of the year. Oh, boy, do we have to talk about that already. Well, on March 22nd, we might have to, and we will get you ready for Indiana women's basketball against Caitlin Clark. Happy hour. Welcome back. Zach Osterman, Indy Star, live in the studio before David Hayes. At 6 o'clock, we will have... 
Uh, well, 15 more minutes of Hoosier Hoops talk with you tonight. Don't forget, it is Thursday, right? That means Osterman's here. And we have high school basketball for you. It's our third game of four this week. We are in Greene County. The T-Birds of Eastern Green will be hosting Edgewood. Matt Wadsworth will take the red and black across county lines and uh, play their final regular season game. Joe Smith, Dave Novak, 6.55 tonight, pregame. <coughs> Excuse me. And then tomorrow night, well, if I make it till tomorrow, New Albany, Bloomington North. The Bulldogs are in town to take on the Cougars. That is our final regular season game before all of the sectional activity at Bloomington North and Owen Valley next week. Hoosiers on the road, men's basketball, Penn State noon. Hope they don't play in rec hall. Boy, Illinois was a wreck last night. Seven-point lead with 45 seconds to go and lost the ball game in regulation to those pesky Penn State wild, Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah, they are wild. Look, you can't control them. They don't even know what arena they're playing in. And I don't know where Indiana's playing on Saturday, do you? I, I assume it's the Bryce Jordan Center. but The cavernous, empty. You talk about being alone with your thoughts. Oh, baby, noon on a Saturday there. What's the attendance? Two hundred eighteen. Yeah, it's not going to be high. It's not going to be, not going to be high. We have college basketball for you. Texas, Kansas, Allen Fieldhouse Saturday four four or five forty five for six o'clock tip. Sunday, Purdue's in Michigan one forty five for two. And the Pacers, who are back in action tonight, hosting Detroit. Not on our airwaves. They will host uh, Dallas. I'll be in the building on Sunday evening, four thirty for a five o'clock tip off. I'll see Luka Doncic. Live and in the flesh. We'll have some fun with all of that and tell you all about it on Monday. All right, here's the problem. Doyle comes out, your uh, co-worker at the Indy Star, and says, uh, I don't see him winning another game this year. I don't want to get into hypotheticals. What is it going to take for this team to show up noon on Saturday and dig themselves out? Uh, the thing that really, and I've said this 17 times in our, our 40 minutes here, that really just drives you crazy they haven't had one game this year where they bagged like 15 threes and everybody got in on the act. I mean, even bad shooting teams will have that night. It's like, wow, well, this was great. We all made one. Is, is, is that what it takes for this to happen? Well, here's where I know it can't happen. You can't get down 20 again. That's not working. Ohio State notwithstanding. Can't do it. Yeah, and I thought I thought what Greg wrote today was fair. Um, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a, a – just I thought it was a, a pretty even summation of, of kind of where things stand in this season. And, and, you know, listen, coaches say things and people say, ah, how can you say that? You sound disconnected. Coaches just, ha you know. They got to say something. And, and, you know, it's kind of one of those two where people also, they, they want coaches to oh, try something new. Well, you can't do that over and over again. Or your players will know that you have no faith in what you're trying to do. You can't play you zone can, if you haven't practiced zone. And you can't. And you can't, like, just more broadly, you can't sort of say, okay, I know we spent six months preparing for this. It's not working. We're going to rip it up and try something else. And then two weeks later say, that didn't work. We're going to rip it up and try something else. Your players aren't soft. They're going to figure out you don't know that, that, that you don't have a solution, that you don't know what to do. And so, I mean, there's there's an extent to which Indiana does, I think, just kind of keep having to kind of hammer away at this. But, yeah, you, you wind up in a situation where you sort of feel like if you don't get a, you know, just a, a an all-star performance from a Malik Renew a la Ohio State or a Trey Galloway or, you know, a, a game where McKenzie and Baco finds all the efficiency in his offense, not just, you know, I think he's been better offensively, but suddenly maybe instead of going three for seven from three, he goes six for seven and he gets a bunch of dunks and layups and 
you know, he scores 29 points and you win the game. Well, sure, but... You should do that at home. It's Well, it's it's kind of one of those We're things, I guess... that at home. I guess more fundamentally, if you're not doing it at home, then the idea of doing it on the road is... Hard is, to copy and paste? Yeah, is, is unlikely. So... The pride level of this team, I think Woodson was asked in his post game last night, you know, are you having to, like, pick him up in the locker room? Are you having to... Uh, what? Where? Where is this team? We see what happens on game day. What was his answer to that? I don't remember it off the top of my head. I think he said, "I've got a." You know, I think he said, "Like kind of, I got a, a locker room that's struggling, a locker room that's fighting, and I've got to help, kind of pull them through it." I think that. Yeah, get them over. If the I hump, if I remember it. what, I think he I think he kind of like he acknowledged the the, you know the the premise of the question. You know, and he he kind of said like, "Yeah, I got a locker room that's going through it right now," and. um you know, it's it's also tough. I mean, I'd be fascinated to kind of have, and I'm, I, I doubt he'd ever open up this much, and I understand why. But like the conversation about doing this in the NBA versus doing this in in college, when, there's 82 games. Well, there's more games. There's, and the reason I say that is because there's like nine chapters in an NBA. Season. There's more te- There's more time to work on stuff in terms of guys don't have practice limits. Class. They don't hours. have to go to class. Like they can come in with, on their own. You know, Woodson. I know he says that he has more time to kind of teach in college than he does in the NBA because there's not there's not quite such a tight turnaround between games. I'd be curious to know just like, well, what what you know, what difference does that make when you're trying to instead of maybe taking a team that's good and that it's evolving and it's getting better and you're trying to add all these layers to it, like what's different when it's a team like this where maybe you want to do some of that teaching, but the problem is you're really just trying to pick guys up and, and kind of pull some confidence back into the fold. Again, a coach is never going to sort of say, well, here's literally no, everything I said I'd, to all my players. I bet he'd but. like to play three games in four nights because you just keep going through it. You don't yeah. sit here and talk about the seven days leading to Northwestern about how you got killed by your rival by 20-plus points again. You just There's nothing else to think about. The, the, you know, when's the next flight? Where are we eating? Where's the bill? You know, let's go. What time shoot around? Let's play a game. Okay, that didn't work. Tonight we're going to try a different rotation. The NBA is a different animal. And all these guys want to go to the NBA, and that's that's the other side of this. So, when the going gets tough, how who drags them out of this? It has to be Galloway. I mean, that's that's the last of the Mohicans. There's there's a little bit, yeah. I mean, I I think so. I think I think you know. To be fair, I think Kalelware gives you a baseline. I mean, I think he's he's been consistent most of the season when he's not been in foul trouble. And obviously, I mean, he's had some injuries, night, right? But but like he. He has gone up to a level, particularly defensively and rebounding the basketball, where I think you sort of say, hey, he turns up for us every night. And then the offense, sometimes it's 13 points, sometimes it's 20 points, but like it's, you know, you're going to get something from him. Malik Renew was that for a while. The problem is his fouls are back. He's, you know, he's. When he's, his face last night fouled that guy's elbow. I mean, I've never seen. Yeah, I never, we never got a good review of that. <laughs> That's what happened. I don't, I don't know why we Sean need to keep... Moore, Sean Morris defended it on the air saying, well, he's in his shooting motion. So that's uh, that's a foul on Renew. I, I, I would, you can't, I play basketball for under you. You can never explain it to me that way. I'm in front of you and then you run your elbow through my face. I fouled so you. So basically, like, it's one of those where he can't be. It's a basketball. He can't point. be expected to not have a face. Like, like right, like yeah. you know, like you can't eyes without a face. Billy, yeah, Billy Idol. Um, but, but my point is, when it rains, it pours, and he's trying to get out of the way, and he's getting an elbow in the face, and he's on the deck. His head hurts because he got elbowed, and it's it, and the fouls on him. That's the, it's the Charlie Brown Lucy football scenario. It, it feels like, but Renew has shown enough glimpses, and I think Renew's seen enough good things here as well, where he can be like, all right, let's figure it out. 
it's just the confidence has to come from uh, somewhere, 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 somewhere. And I don't see anything offensively Indiana can change where it's going to say, okay, I thought the 21 three-pointers last night were great. I know that 15 of them came from Mbako and Gunn combined. But you got to shoot them. The, yeah, and they were, they were good <laughs> shots. I mean, very yeah. few of them were bad shots. The, uh, they didn't go in, but like the, you know, it's, the Mbako, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot it. I'm gonna pass it. I'm gonna shoot it. Oh my God, it almost broke, broke the back. If, it, if anything, I mean, there's, you know, an extent to which, like, hey, at least, at least you got guys that are still confident enough to shoot through it. Yeah. You know, rather than the times when you see a guy miss a couple and then think, oh, not again. There was a shooting window there, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the deck. I'm gonna drive. I'm gonna kick. I'm gonna do something. Those else. aren't going in either, by the way. Um, so it's <laughs> it's just sort of like at least you got some guys who are willing to try and you know just kind of keep firing even when nothing's landing. But what is this team playing for right now besides pride? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I mean the NCAA tournament's obviously well out of reach, bar the unlikely automatic bid from the Big Ten. You've obviously got. You know, guys with individual ambitions, and I, I, I'd be fascinated to just sort of, you know, the, there's obviously for years we've talked about sort of the waning interest in, and the waning value of the NIT. Certainly, you know, the CBI and the CIT have kind of become different things, um, you know, largely, I think, catering to smaller programs, mid and low major programs. But what's the value of the NIT? And now you've got, you know, some of the major conferences talking about starting up basically a, a you know, a competitor postseason tournament. Fox, I think, was was talking about organizing like a thirty six team field or something like need, that. You need money, um, but on the other hand, you're in a situation where you know these guys have nil considerations. Some of them have draft considerations. Some of them will be thinking, "I'm in a portal as soon as I possibly can." So why would I want to play in the nit? Because what happens if I go out and get hurt in the nit, and then I can't? You know, then I'm 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 nothing to anybody in the portal, and it's, I mean, there's just like not. I didn't a, say it would be an easy answer. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it's you know, I don't think you can even. You know, I mean, we're trying all this different stuff with the NIT. Um, they've got, I think, something like eight thousand fans, or it's, I mean, it's a it's if a the low dam number. breaks for this team. Say you beat Penn State and you beat Wisconsin, because that's I mean, if, if we can dream about losing five in a row, I can dream about winning two in a row. Could the dam break? Possibly. I mean, because that's the flip side to a young team. Is yeah, you see it go in a couple you, times. You it's give, like, whoa, hey. Yeah. Oh. Um, but you also feel like you were in a situation where you had a week off. You had the chastening sort of experience at Purdue. The last time you had a week off, you actually came out and played better. You had the Illinois game. It's a young team, right? Yeah, you had, you had, some, you had some, some good moments. Um, then you, were, you had a stretch where you were going to play three or four at home. And you sort of said, if if this team's gonna find oh. that, if it's gonna if it's gonna reach that vein, then it's it's probably now. And instead, they've lost these last two, or they've lost their first two, both of them at home. And we're just wondering if they can arrest a, a, a tailspin, frankly. And that tailspin, oh, will take us to Penn State on Saturday noon. I don't even know who has a game on Saturday. Is that Big Ten Network? It's got to be. Big I think Ten it's Network. Big Ten Network. Yeah. Gotta be. You will so. be in the building. We'll see you on the old television. You'll be one of the 218 people there. Caitlin Clark tonight, IU women's basketball underdogs. Need to win tonight. It is a whiteout. It is the fear of God uniforms. And, well, some people think God is in the building wearing number 22 in gold for Iowa. Peacock is your update. you have any opinion on this game? 
I think it's interesting purely because somebody, you 20 know, seconds. I, I had somebody ask me a few weeks ago, uh, you know, how excited basically are Indiana fans to get the Caitlin Clark experience one last time. And I said, listen, I know there have been these big lines at other schools just to basically see Caitlin Clark. That's not what's waiting for Iowa at Assembly Hall. No. Everyone basketball. appreciates and respects Caitlin Clark, but they want to win this game and they want to make it hard for Iowa to survive this. All right, it's time to check in with our great friend, Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star. Zach joins us every Friday afternoon to get us ready for Indiana Hoops on the weekend. And uh, Zach, after a, well, last last two home games have not gone the Hoosiers' way, falling to Northwestern last Sunday, getting knocked off by Nebraska on Wednesday. Zach is uh, on the road this week. He is heading to Happy Valley, Penn State University, and, well, not the red-hot Nittany Lions, but they're awfully, awfully good. Here recently, they beat Indiana to start the month. Now they get Indiana on the last Saturday of February. Northwestern took the uh, wind out of Indiana's sails that could not be replaced on Wednesday afternoon. Now it's a Penn State team that is getting ready to uh, add to their Wednesday night come-from-behind victory against Illinois. Penn State trailed seven points, 45 seconds to go. Won the game in regulation as Illinois could not uh, uh, score to win at the buzzer. So, Osterman is on the road today. My friend, where are you? Newark Airport is my current location. Excellent. <laughs> well, nothing says uh, let's have a Friday more than being trapped in Newark, but that's how you got to get from Indianapolis to State College. Tomorrow, the Hoosiers look to get back to winning ways. We had plenty of discussion yesterday on uh, what we had seen from Northwestern and Nebraska. How hard is it for this team in this portion of the season to quote-unquote wipe the slate clean? Uh, does a road trip help here where we can kind of – come together as a group it's us against the world we have to find something here to either flip the switch to make a run at the end of the season or 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 go quietly and I know nobody in that locker room wants to go quietly what what's on the menu tomorrow in your opinion yeah I mean I do think it's difficult um you know I, I think it, this is one of those moments particularly with a young team and I know that we've talked about this things you, you know and kind of the theory behind it and all that but um, you know, this is a team full of players, not many of whom will have experienced, you know, these kinds of frustrations. And sometimes you say that and people say, oh, well, it's, it's just the ones that go to prep school. And this, I mean, listen, if you're a good high school basketball player, you probably win a lot of games no matter where you are. You know, Gabe Cups, well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, won a state title, went to another state title game, you know, playing for his dad. The, the point is, when you have a young team, you have a lot of guys that probably aren't that used to losing. And, and aren't that used to, you know, basically how you break yourself of, you know, the frustrations of, for example, the kind of run Indiana's on. They've lost their last two home games. They've lost, I think, what, seven of their last nine. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where in, in so many different ways, it, it does feel like a mentality thing as much as a, uh, you know, X's and O's or anything like that. And, you know, this is a group that I think is trying to figure that out. And it is difficult. And, you know, anybody who's played sports, anybody who's at any level who's you know, struggled in a team sport will know that there will be times when you struggle and there will be times within that where you sort of feel like, you know, geez, where's the end of the tunnel here? Uh, 
Um, and it's about kind of pulling together and, you know, trying to find some of that individual and collective will that, that overcomes you know, the frustration, the, the lack of confidence, the doubts, whatever it might be. And that's what Indiana's got to find its way to find its way to getting here. And here is, well, it's going to be State College, Pennsylvania, the Hoosiers and Penn State, the second of two matchups. And sadly, the Penn State Nittany Lions started off the month of February in the Simon Scott Assembly Hall, knocking off multiple 10-point deficits against Indiana, coming back to lead by 18 at one point. I don't even want to remember the final score there. Well, it, it's been three weeks. Uh, what, what, what did we learn about Penn State and what can be put into play tomorrow um, it was a bad shooting team that shot really well in Indiana's building. Is that something the Hoosiers have to be aware of tomorrow, or is Penn State going to recess to the mean, in your opinion? Well, I mean, it's it's worth saying. Um, I think three-point shooting has improved a little bit for them. And, you know, I mean, a game like the one they had against Indiana, where they hit 12, will do that. But you look at their, their three-point shooting numbers, three of their last six games, they've hit 12 threes. Um, four of their last six games, they've hit at least eight. And, you know, some of those have been at home. You know, they hit 12 in the loss to Michigan State. They hit eight, admittedly, in a different building in, in the win against Illinois on Wednesday night. Um, they played that game at the Rec Hall, not at the Bryce Jordan Center. But it's a team that, that, frankly, probably has gotten a little bit better shooting the ball. And, you know, broadly speaking, if you look at kind of their recent results, they won away at Rutgers. And then they beat Indiana, and then they beat Iowa. They lost by five at Northwestern. Um, they lost by eight at home to Michigan State. Took a bit of a beating at Nebraska, but then came back and beat Illinois. So they kind of have a three-game losing streak in there. But they've won four of their last seven, and two of the three that they lost, they lost by five and eight points against, you know, likely NCAA tournament teams. So I guess what I'd argue is this is probably a team that's, that's playing better basketball in general right now that is, is, you know, maybe getting more comfortable with what Mike Rhodes is asking of them. Um, you know, a team that, that certainly isn't going anywhere fast in terms of the tournament or anything like that. You know, they're still 13 and 14, 7 and 9 in the conference. But I don't think – I mean, I think it is it is probably fair to say they are a better team than they were even, you know, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago when Indiana saw them. If you look at, like, the pin bomb rating, for example, you know, they were 115 going into Rutgers. They're 95. Excuse me, I'm looking at this right now. They're 94 coming into this game. So, you know, the, the computers say that they are getting better in the aggregate and the results tend to follow that, even some of the losses. So it's probably not going to be an easy game for Indiana. And in particular, I think it's a game where Indiana's got to learn some, some tough lessons about, you know, just what, what Penn State's pressure did to the Hoosiers. And, and you can expect that, you know, Mike Rhodes, I think is, is I'm not mistaken, he comes from a Shaka Smart school. And, and so it's not surprising to you know, kind of see him, put some of that on the floor, but it's one thing to expect it, even to prepare for it. It's another thing to have to, to deal with it in real time. And um, Indiana's going to learn those lessons pretty fast. And the lessons Indiana has to learn, have learned, will learn. I don't, I don't know if they have any major lessons left to go. They, they've played at Purdue. They've played at Illinois. They've played at Wisconsin. Uh, you're not going to find a, a ton of – environments tougher than that well the environment tomorrow is going to be completely different do you think this helps a team that's I don't want to say fragile right now but uh, it's not going to be a packed house with uh, the crowd right on top of you tomorrow noon at the Big Ten Network I think that's no I mean I think that's um, 
possibly, and I think, you know, you made a point earlier too about, you know, just the, the feeling of going on the road and sometimes it's better to get away and, and you know, you're in a hotel together and you're eating all your meals together and you're all, you know, you, you kind of don't have anybody but each other to, to be with and maybe that fosters, you know, some of that, uh, some of that close-knit, whatever you need. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, listen, you know, Indiana's, what, one in three in the class, one in four, one in five since the turn of the year on the road. So, you know, let's not... Um, let's not make this out to be something that's, that's kind of a catch-all. Indiana's just a team that's got to find a way to kind of break this. And, and that's, I know that's really unscientific, but there, there is an extent to which sometimes it, it can be as simple as you've just got to find your way to, you know, to, to kind of shutting it down and, and just starting to sort of feel better about what you're trying to do, whether it's offensively, defensively, rotations, things, you know, just even preparation. You know, this is where a coach maybe tweaks something, not something big, but maybe something small. Maybe you can walk through different, you know, maybe you can, you know, schedule the pregame routine differently. Something just to kind of break these, something small, but something that breaks, you know, sort of that, that, I do. One last one before we let you get your connecting flight to State College, my friend. We appreciate you checking in from Newark this afternoon. Um, Indiana, their next game after Penn State, and I don't want to get too far ahead, will be at home again, Wisconsin. We won't talk to you until the Thursday. Leap Day next week. Will we, sit, will we have another victory to talk about when, when, when next Thursday comes around? Do you, do you think this team can find – Something to, to, to stitch together to either pick up a win against Penn State or home Tuesday night, Wisconsin Peacock at 7 p.m.? I think it's, I mean, I don't mean to sound fatalistic. It, it is, you know, just kind of difficult. I mean, you look at this team, obviously the Northwestern game was a little bit closer. But you look at, you know, four of these last five losses, especially when you know, we saw Indiana come out of that that break between Wisconsin and Illinois. They play well at Illinois. They lose, but they quit themselves well, especially when they're a little bit undermanned. Then they they win against Iowa. You know, they, they struggle with Penn State, but they turn around with that big comeback against Ohio State. You think, okay, maybe this team's down a little bit of something. You know? And then to lose the last three kind of the way they have, to just be not super competitive to do. You know, in the Northwestern game, it is one of those where I know the final score says they lose by four, but I mean, they're down 16 with six minutes and 17 seconds left in the second half of that game. So you know, the final score maybe doesn't totally reflect Northwestern's control of the game at certain times. And then obviously the Nebraska game, which got away from the you know, without not counting that sort of seven, eight minute stretch right after halftime, never really came back. You know, it's just kind of one of those where it does feel a little bit like you have to see this team prove it can, it can break this slump to believe that it's going to happen. Got to show us. Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it in the locker room. Can't talk about it in the film session. You have to go out and, and, and not even prove it to the fan base, but you have to prove it to yourselves that uh, all is not lost, that you can play for more than eight, nine, ten minutes a night. And, uh, well, the Indiana's got a full plate again. Penn State tomorrow, noon, Big Ten Network. The man flying the friendly sky, Zach Osterman, at Zach Osterman, IndyStar.com. We appreciate the check-in from Newark, buddy. I hope your luggage and yourself, you, you, you find yourselves at State College Airport here momentarily. Thanks, dog.
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's always good. That's Zach Osterman in the in the B terminal there at Newark Airport in lovely, lovely New Jersey, Indiana, Penn State. Tomorrow at noon. Yeah, it's an early start. Boy, I got an early start tomorrow as well. We've got a busy Saturday on the airways. Texas and Kansas will get things going. 545, Westwood One's pregame. Before we'll tip it at 6 o'clock in Lawrence. Look at the size of that chicken. It gets bigger and bigger every year on center court. On Sunday, we're back with more college hoops. The Boilermakers looking to pick up another Big Ten championship. They will be in Michigan. Ann Arbor, the last placed Wolverines. Boy, how many times have you said that in your lifetime? Talking about basketball. Michigan hosting the Boilermakers. 145 for a 2 o'clock start. And then after we get done with college hoops, we will take it to Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis on Sunday. The Pacers, big winners last night, knocking off the Pistons. They will host Luka Doncic and the red-hot Dallas Mavericks. What is Dallas one now, seven in a row? Well, Dallas will have a – I don't know if they have a Friday or a Saturday leading into that. The Pacers are off tonight and tomorrow, so it will be Sunday next as they have 25 more games to play in the regular season before lining things up for the postseason playoffs, which would take some doing not to get into right now. Pacers are healthy-er. That's the good news. They're just waiting on Aaron Neesmith to come back. Tyrese Halliburton is no longer on a minutes restriction, and Mark Boyle will tell you all about it starting at 4.30 on Sunday. Our final high school basketball game of the regular season will take place tonight as Bloomington North will host New Albany. The Bulldogs and the Cougars will battle the Tom McKinney Court. The Cougar Den, our coverage begins at 6.55. We'll tip it just after 7.30. Joe Smith and Dave Novak have all the details. That's tonight, tonight, tonight. CBS Sports will take us uh, from when we finish here until Chalk Talk with Coach Jason Spear and Joe Smith. And then Dave Novak will join the party as well. All right, let's have a great weekend, shall we? I know the weather isn't going to be perfect tomorrow. It'll be a little cool. Maybe even some flurries. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on all of that. But Sunday warms up, and then we're back with you next week to finally wrap up February, and the weather looks to be gorgeous as well. Another busy, busy night of stuff going on. Joe Smith and Dave Novak again from the north side, Bloomington North and New Albany, and we'll have sectional coverage next week, a minimum of Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Have a fantastic night. Have a fantastic Friday. Go Cougars. And the Crazy Horse Tavern happy hour is over.